This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. Hello folks, welcome to episode 49 and uh, ultimately episode 50 of our podcast. I promised our, our guest tonight... Uh, episode 50, and, and I'm going to stick to that promise. Um, Adam's my name. Welcome to How You Going, Mate, for those of you that are listening for the first time. This is a podcast where we talk about mental health and suicide, with the idea that we want people to uh, share their stories and for other people to hear those stories and feel like they're not the only ones, feel like they're not alone. We want to try and normalize these conversations we want people to feel as comfortable talking about depression and anxiety and bipolar and borderline personality as they do talking about epilepsy and asthma and cancer and and all those physical health conditions Uh, our goal is to make people see that a mental health condition is just a medical condition and it can be treated and supported in the same way Um, and also what we do is get people to share how they manage their mental health conditions, how they manage their wellness and, and how they, um, live with their mental health conditions in, in whichever way they live with them. So that's kind of the point of the episode of the podcast, I should say. And of course, uh, we have a Facebook page and an Instagram page that if you're listening and you haven't gone and liked those pages, please go and like those pages and, uh, and hopefully, you see something on those pages that helps you understand your mental health or someone that you loves mental health a little bit better. So tonight is actually episode 49. Um, we're probably going to release, this is a two-parter, this episode. We're going to release the second half uh, in next fortnight. But in tonight's episode, uh, this is a, a pretty special one, actually, for me. And one, <laughs> so now this is... This episode is with my friend Amanda, Amanda Howard, and um, she sort of said to me at the end, uh, I'm offended that you haven't had me on earlier, and uh, when you hear, uh, well, in a minute you'll understand why, um, but we, this is an episode I was really nervous about for a long time, because I knew this was going to be a really heavy emotional episode. Um, Amanda's husband, Steve, uh, was one of my oldest friends, and Steve, Amanda, and I all went to school together, and... Um, in June of 2017, Steve uh, died by suicide. Uh, he made the decision to end his life. Um, and as you'll hear in the episode, um, left a note, but left a lot of unanswered, unanswered questions about what he, what he was going through and what he was managing at the time. Um, I made the decision at the time to try and do something about this um, epidemic is the word I use when I talk about suicide and mental health because I honestly believe it is the worst ep- epidemic we're facing as a society. 
Uh, I made a decision to try and do something about that at the time, so I started the How You Go Mate Facebook page. And slowly but surely, we've creeped and crawled and clawed our way up to um, to getting listeners. But um, we also, uh, part of that process was also about starting this podcast and, and having these conversations with people about their mental health and how they manage their mental health. As I say, in the hope that somebody sits and listens to this and hears something of themselves in the episode. And so Amanda's story is so important because um, it is our story. It is the reason we exist. And I, 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 I actually was about to apologize for getting emotional. I'm not going to do that. Um, we need to acknowledge these emotions. We need to feel these emotions. We need to understand these emotions. We need to express these emotions. Um, it is the reason we exist. Uh, losing him in the way we did was one of the, the toughest experiences of my life and I think you will certainly see it was one of the toughest experiences um, of Amanda's life. Uh, she in fact calls it the worst day of her life and um, and I, I think that's a pretty, pretty fair description of that. Um, but across the two episodes, in this first episode we're going to hear Kind of a lot about what happened. Uh, I want to I want you to get to know Amanda. Um, she's an incredible woman. She's a, a serial killer expert. She's a true crime author. She's a mega successful podcaster. She does the Monsters Who Murder podcast with um, Rob McKnight. Um, it is a fantastic podcast if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, if you're a fan of true crime. And let's be honest, true crime is as hot as anything right now. Uh, she is a, a mother, she works full-time, she's got multiple university degrees, and she had to um, manage uh, the impact of the death of her husband, both physically, emotionally, mentally, and financially, a whole way, range of ways. Um, so it's fin- this first episode is around um, how what the impact of that, um, the impact of her, on her and her family, um, the second episode, we talk uh, a little bit more about um, how she's managed, what she's done to manage her, her mental health and her, her grief as she's gone through this process. But um, folks, this is, as I said, this is the reason we exist. This story is the very foundation of how you're going, mate. It is what we, is what drives me. And it is what keeps me focused, wanting to make her proud, wanting to make her children proud, and wanting to honour his memory. So, listen to this. Absorb what she says. Listen to the second episode. If you've got anyone in your life you think needs to hear this, Get them, sit them down, make them hear what this woman has to say about her husband, about his death, about how it impacted on their life, on her life, on her children's life, on the people around her's life. Go out this afternoon, go out the minute you stop listening to this, if you've got anybody you know that you love, that you think might be managing this, go and talk to them, ask them this question, ask them how they are, talk to them about their mental health, don't be scared of it. Talk to them about suicide. Tell them you want them to live um, and help them to do that. So without further ado, 
Uh, Barb always tells me that the introductions are so too long. Without further ado, um, I present episode one of The Worst Day of My Life. All we have left to do is ask Amanda the question. Amanda, how are you going, mate? <laughs> That's... <laughs> You're an experienced talker. You should be able to answer that question. Yeah, but when people ask you that question, the answer is always, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, and how are you? But, you know, I know that this is the time that this question actually uh, means something. So, yeah. um, how am I? Um, uh, that's a perfectly legitimate answer as well. If you've had a good day, you're fine at the moment. That's cool. I've had an awful day, actually. I've had to save work from a couple of disasters, but we got there. Um, I'm doing okay. Okay. I'm, it, because, purely because... As of tomorrow, it's December, and I'm a right. bit Christmas crazy. We're currently sitting in my in a library, cave. yeah. <laughs> and there's more nutcrackers than a nutcracker store, and decorations everywhere. So, um, this is my happy place. I really, I, the thing I love about the library is walls of books. There are literal walls of books. Yes, and for Christmas, we've actually put them all in color code, rather yes. than which is going to hurt me forever. But I'm slowly working out where they all are. But and I did notice uh, there was a couple of years ago where they were. Christmas tree shaped. Yes, we did that. Yeah, that was four years ago that we did yeah. that. So Steve and my son did that, and um, that was a that was a tough slog because we had to get rid of a lot of them into boxes and, and put away so we could make the Christmas tree shape. So uh, there is currently in this house, not just in this room, but in this house, there is about eleven thousand books. Eleven thousand. So yes, some are in boxes, some are in the, my podcast room, some are here, some are in my bedroom. So they're everywhere. And the podcast room. Before we get into the editing, else, the <laughs> podcast room is very interesting. So, um, amongst all of the other things, and you correct me when I get all this wrong, uh, internationally renowned true crime author, yep. public speaker, yep. podcaster, television. Person, <laughs> I never know what your yeah, guest. Yeah. Interviewee, yeah. go-to person, radio person, yeah. um, and the the podcast room. I remember the podcast room when it was a sweet little boy's bedroom, <laughs> a little girl's bedroom, and um, and then actually a little girl's bedroom because it was a study for a little while, and yeah, then it became a little right. girl's bedroom, and now there is a life-size statue of John Wayne Gacy, the serial killer, <laughs> and um, and a Charles Manson mask and all sorts of yep. very... Albert Fish and Albert the Zodiac Fish, Killer. Yes, and the Zodiac. <laughs> so it's no longer this uh, sweet little... <laughs> but it is a real... I believe that room actually represents you. It is, Because it is. there's fashion and beauty and all the nice girly things, <laughs> and then there's death and... Darkness and there is, oh, yeah. horror and yeah. all of it. It's it's my mind in in one room essentially. So yeah. I go to my happy place in there sometimes, and I go to my dark place in there sometimes. So it's but it's best of both worlds and the worst of both worlds, I guess you could say. <laughs> For me, the beauty videos are the worst of both worlds. <laughs> oh. like, I, I get told by so many people, um, they go, "Oh, I go to sleep at night listening to true crime podcasts and." And as we said, I do have a podcast and I go to bed watching beauty unboxings and makeup tutorials and everything. Yeah. Granted, right now I have no makeup on, but it's like, it's it's so weird that people like what I do, but to, to me, that's a job. You know, they yeah. say, oh, have you watched this uh, true crime documentary or have you seen this show or have you watched this podcast or all this sort of stuff? And I... Um, go no because that's work but when yeah. i want to do that case i'll look at that yeah. you know but i usually actually go to sources so i don't watch these documentaries because they usually have a a point of view and so if you don't believe with their point of view is left out so that's why i usually go and do like police interrogations and things like that and yeah so that's where i play that's my darkness yeah yeah I, it's <laughs> well it, 
probably similarly, I a little while back had a conversation with a family member about um, relative of theirs that had uh, suicided, and um, sort of sat there and spoke to him, spoke to him about it. And at the end, they were, you know, a couple of hours of conversation. They were like, "Oh, thanks for this." And I went, "That's right. It's one of my favourite conversation topics." <laughs> and they were like, "What? <laughs> Think about what I do for, yeah, exactly. for, for fun." And they went, "Oh, yeah, that's true." Yeah, said, but well, it's not fun. It's you, this has has become a passion for you. Yes, it has. So, and we have a shared pain. And this now this leads us into. Probably the real. I mean, we can sit here and talk serial killers all day. I know you can, and it's fascinating. Yeah, don't do that. It's fascinating to, and actually, you gave me my first serial killer book, which I still have. Oh wow! Which was just a, a compendium of different serial killers. Okay, and yep. Fred and Rose West on the cover. One of those, you know. Oh yes, yes. Hundred. Yes. You know, oh okay. And, I and where that went? <laughs> no, you had five copies of I it. <laughs> no, you did. I remember you saying me, "I have five, and I they all that. had various covers and different yeah, things, yeah, but. Yeah. Um, Fred, Fred and Ray, I mean, they were interesting themselves. So, but um, so I could sit here and have that conversation mm-hmm. all day. Um, but I'm like, I'm like you. I, I will, for me, I can only take a little bit of the darkness in that area, and I have to come out of it because it just gets to me too much. Yeah, no. Because I start to get a little bit too like, oh man, you know, what do those people do? How do they think? How do they feel? And I can't be there. No, so Actually, I, I can literally. Um, put myself basically standing in their position at a crime scene and I can be there and see that and smell mm. that and taste that and know everything that's going on. I, I go into those minds as far as I possibly can. Yeah. So um, it's hard to come out of and I've, yeah. and I've had to learn how to do that and I've learned that from serial killers actually. Yeah. I've actually learned to compartmentalise things um, which is going to be part of this as well that um, it makes it easier for me to then close those doors and walk away and go and watch a make-up video you know and that's what i can do it doesn't stay with me yeah and that's hard and this is why i say to some people we, we often do um on the podcast we do a warning for some episodes because we know that mm. people aren't going to come out of it you mm. know and we say fast forward to a certain time period you know and just don't hear this part because there's some of them that we've done that we haven't shied away from mm. that other people have been absolutely terrified of and they've said you know i can still hear that man talking now yeah so you know there, there's a bit of that that happens sometimes. So we yeah. have to make sure that we that we walk that fine line, but we don't want people to fall into that abyss. Mm-hmm. Which similar to what we do here, mm-hmm. um, and as I said to you off air, this isn't about getting people to relieve trauma. This is about getting people to go All right. This is what happened to me, but this is how I manage it. Mm-hmm. This is how I deal with it. Um, so getting back to what we were talking about before, though. It is our, our connection amongst all of the other connections yeah, we, we have, have which is, and if a lot of people have listened to the introduction, and if you've listened to the episode I call the introduction, which is our first episode, um, you'll understand part of why I do this is, of course, my friend, your husband, Steve, who three and a half years ago now suicided, mm-hmm. um, and the decision at that point to sort of say, well, this needs to stop. We yeah. need to do something about this. Yeah. I don't know what I can do. I mean, it took me a couple of years to get into this mm-hmm. space. Um, I don't know what I can do. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how I'm going to manage this. But for me, it was the message that, and the, the, the thing I say to people all the time, and it still annoys me, you know, the people are like, I'm here if you need me. No, we're not coming to you. No. If you think there's something wrong, come to us. Get active about your support. Don't don't wait for us to come to you. We're not coming to you. Yeah. Um, and and I appreciate that's not always obvious. Is there something going on? Um, I had a conversation with your dad one time where he said, "I 
I didn't see anything. No, at none all. of us did. Um, you know, one day he just wasn't here. But it's encouraging people to say, you know, if you suspect it's there, say something. Mm-hmm. If you haven't spoken to him for a while, if you haven't done whatever it looks like. So, so we started How You Going, Mate, kind of in Sue's honour and his yeah. memory. And, and um, I appreciate it because it is a field that I was totally unaware the epidemic proportions that it's at. Yeah. It's, it's shocking once I – because, of, you know, I'm, I'm a researcher, so I went straight into that. What does this look like? What does this mean? Yeah. Am I the only person in this country dealing with this? And to find out that there's eight of us a day – yeah, it's like what you know. There's outrage, and, and I'm not decrying or, or, or trying to um, make other crimes seem less. But this is like our number one death every day. Yep, yep. And it's not a conversation. And when you say the word suicide, people go suicide. Yeah. People bury it. People don't want to say that word. Yeah. You know, people. Oh, what happened to you? Oh, this. I said he suicided. He took his life. Yeah. Like it, I don't use the word commit suicide because commit takes it in into those crime terms yep. so i usually say he took his life if i have to talk about it usually i can just say my husband passed away mm. but it's so weird and so i say it to people i say the word mm. and they get shocked mm. people because no one is comfortable and and even at work I, I had a big issue because um one of the staff i work with um lost someone and their family and the whole department rallied around him mm. and bought them gifts and sent them on holidays and, you know, he, he could have as much time off as he needed and, you know, they, they did hot meals for him to come and pick out from the fridge and they had menu rosters and all of this. I went, I got a card. Mm. And my boss actually, I actually walked out, out of a meeting because they were talking about what they could do next for this one staff member. Mm. I walked out and, and my boss actually come and saw me. He goes, you have to understand, people don't know how to approach you about this. No. They, they don't know how to talk to you. They don't want you to break down. They don't mm. want, I said, well, it's not going to break me down. I said, mm. I'm, I'm broken. I will never come back from this. Mm. I will never be the same person for the rest right. of my life. Um, but there's no acknowledgement. Mm. And if you have someone go to hospital in crisis or something, there's social work teams and all of this, if someone dies in hospital, if, you know, an elderly person dies at home, you know, the, the staff come and all of this sort of stuff and people come and talk to you and there's all these, all these people around you. When it's a suicide, there's no one. Hmm. You know, as you know, I had a big issue with Lifeline mm-hmm. because I was at a point very early that I thought I need someone to talk to because I don't, I have these thoughts in, in my head that I just couldn't go to. Hmm. So I thought I'd ring Lifeline. The first time I was on hold for seven minutes and never got through. And that's life or death. Mm-hmm. Second time I waited till nine and got through. And I said to them, I don't know what to do. My husband took his life. And she said, and? I went, well, I'm sorry for wasting your time. <laughs> Should be a pretty big red flag. Isn't yeah. that in your book that says that the shit that's likely to cause major mental health conditions? Yeah, mm. yeah. So, I mean, it's is something that affects so many people. And I know that we're going to get to this later, but... You're on an island mm. all of a sudden. And I never understood grief. I'm one of these people who never understood grief. I have friends who are still grieving people that they've lost parents and things like that years and years and years and years and years ago. And I see people put up 16-year anniversaries and stuff. Never understood it. Mm. I never understood. I thought, the funeral's done. Move on. Yeah, get on with your life. Yeah. Mm. Funeral's done. Everyone that knew that person gets on with their life. Mm. The people who loved that person... 
lose that. Mm. that that's a loss that continues forever. Mm. And it's just an amazing thing that I found that I know exactly how many days it is to the day mm. since Steve lost took his life. Mm. And it's, it's just absolutely crazy that I think, oh, you know, and this is what we would have done. Or the fact that we now have four pets that he never met. Mm. You know, it's just silly things like that that get in. in that he would have told head. you, no, we're not having, and then would have had them, and he would have fell yeah, in love with them. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Lot like our old psycho no-name cat that that did pass away last year. Yep. Um. You know, he didn't want her, and you know, but we did, and now we have four dogs, four four pets. We have two dogs and two cats. There's no way I would have been allowed to have that, and <laughs> it's things like that that I think, well, I can do that now. I know, so I, I know that there shouldn't be a plus to this, but that that is something that I think. <laughs> This would have been an argument, and I and he would never have said no because he he, he likes pets like yeah. I do. But um, four in the house on the bed with me is pretty probably a bit hardcore. <laughs> but anyway, it works for me. But yeah, just um just circling back, it's just it's strange how this affects people outside of of that bubble that mm. that you find yourself in. As you said, people say I'm always here. You said. You know, you're here for me. Everyone said they were here yeah. for me. I wasn't going to say, okay, well, you can come over on Friday and mow my lawn. Yeah. You can come over on Saturday and trim the hedges. And someone else can come over and paint my ceiling, which is still revolting. Um, you know, someone else can come and fix my leaking tap. You don't do that. Mm. You know, you don't want someone to say, well, I'll sit and, li- and listen to what you have to say. I mean, Robert took a lot. Uh, mm. Robert um, my co-host ended up having a pretty bad nervous breakdown himself and this was sort of part of it that happened and he had big issues at, at his own work that sort of mm. culminated in a very public sacking and Fair all of that. to say you had a pretty yeah. high-pressure job. Yes, yes, yep. yes it was. Um, and you can Google it and find it. It's, it's, it's all over the press and he's <laughs> one to talk about it. So, um, you know, he, he took a lot of, of what I was going through and, yeah, and then he, he broke as well mm. and this was just like w- one part of everything he had to go through. And so you don't want to tell people hmm. because, you know, I broke you that night. I don't know how I told you. I don't know if I rang you. I don't know if Penny rang you. I don't know if someone no, rang No, no, it was you. I can yeah. very distinctly remember the night, yeah. word for word. No. So I have no idea. But I know that the people that I had to ring, and some people I had to Facebook on Steve's Facebook saying, can you please ring me? Yeah, that's what, um, what happened. I think I, I sent a message to him on Facebook and then you replied and said, it's Amanda, give me, here's my number, call me. Yeah, yeah. And I called you. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's it's just this. This isn't a pain you want to transfer, no. and and it's a thing that you get stuck with. And I'm will always be that friend now. So I'm I'm your friend that lost a husband to suicide. I'm ref- like people look at me if mm. if I post a photo on Facebook of, of of my daughter and I being silly. People go, oh, it's so good to see you smile. It's like bang, my smile's gone, mate. Don't do that. Don't yeah. remind me that I need permission to be happy. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I want my children because I want them to know that we're still alive. Hmm. And that has taken me three years, three and a half years to get to this point. Yeah. To realise that it's okay for me to want to do things. It's okay for me to say because I, I haven't written a book since Steve died. I, oh. I, I released one just after he, he passed because I had written it and, and it was promised the March after, so I, so I had to do it. But I haven't written a book since. No desire to? No idea to? Or just... 
They're there. They're ready to go. Some of them are like ready for a final run through and go to other publishers. Like that's how close they are to being finished. Yeah. I just can't. I just I like, and I know I need to. I mean, I've got this mega book on Ivan Malat that I need to get done, and um, I've been sitting on it for three years. Like he's he's now died, yeah. so any gaps I have are going to have to stay. But it's just so weird that. Um, there's a change that there's a shift that happens and the grief and the mourning remains. And so when you do something happy, like decorating for Christmas and stuff, people sort of focus on that being a good thing. But Mm. by them saying, Oh, that's great that you're smiling and laughing. Mm. You know, it just pulls me back. Mm. It's like, come on, it shouldn't be a big thing. You wouldn't say that to someone else who wasn't going through this. Mm. If someone was just living their life doing that, you wouldn't say, oh, great to see you guys smiling. Exactly. And it's just it's, there, there's a stigma attached mm. and that, you know, people say to me, oh, as soon as I see you next, I'm going to give you a great hug. And I'm not a hugger. People know I'm not a hugger. Don't touch me. Um, <laughs> that's just how I've always been. You know, and, and I've learned to be hugged because people want to hug me. They need to feel that they've done something, you mm. know, and that's the best that they can offer. And it's just it's just so strange that if it was a cancer, if it was a car mm. accident, if it was a heart attack, it would be different. Mm. That they would feel oh, you know, that that's that's tragic. But this is different. Mm. And it's just it sucks balls. I mean that there's no other way to say it. it makes me angry that because um, I also have a cousin that lost her husband and he was actually interstate when he did it, which is even more horrific for her. Mm. Cause she, like I saw Steve, so I know, but I treated her that way for three years. Mm. Um, I mean, she ended up being a fantastic uh, help for me because I was able to have that shared experience. And mm. now I actually have a girlfriend who lost her husband two months ago now, mm. and now I'm her person. You yep. know, and I, I say it like it is. I say to her, this is going to suck. There, there, there's nothing I can tell you that's going to make this feel better, but you're going to get through this. You've gone mm. through the worst day of your life. Mm. If you can live through that, you can live through anything. And I've had shit-ass days. I got a, a, a tax letter last week saying I owe them $78,000 from Steve's death, and it's wrong, and I know it's wrong, and they can see where I went wrong because I... I'm still doing that paperwork three and a half years later. Wow. And every, every time I do it, I stuff it up and I have to keep redoing it. And it's just so I'm now going to an expert to, to do it for me. Um, you know, but I face days like that and I think, oh, my God, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then I have to remember that I saw my husband dead and I lived through that. Mm. And I got through that and I... I mean, I remember a lot of that day. There's a lot I don't remember. I'm actually trying to get the triple O recording mm-hmm. to see if I heard what I think I heard, what I said and all of that. Um, we, we do triple O phone calls on my podcast, so it's sort of part of that. I just want to see how I reacted because I know I was screaming hysterically because they kept saying, we can't hear you because you're too loud, which I've been told my whole life. So, you know, yeah. it's not <laughs> Anyone that knows you. <laughs> yeah. um, but... It's, it's, I, when the going gets tough, you know, you have to remember that. that it's an interesting happens. perspective though, and I've never considered that, because I, I saw you have some really fucking horrible days after that, but I never considered that that is literally the worst day of your life, mm-hmm. like ever. Mm-hmm. Nothing else no. compares to that. 
God forbid, my children. But and that, that that'd be about the now, only thing. Now that is my greatest fear now, because mm. my children are the offspring of someone with severe mental health issues that mm. took his own life. Mm. That's in the genetics. Mm. Mm-hmm. If my son doesn't answer the phone, I think he's dead somewhere. Mm. I, I panic because um, both of them went into this spiral of destructive behaviour, mm. um, which is why my daughter's now homeschooled, because it was just easier for me to deal with her than having all of those extra people and demands and children and all that sort of stuff. It just mm. didn't work for her. Um, and my son uh, you know, shaved his head bought a motorbike, did all that sort of stuff, and now he's, he, he's come good again. But they needed to go through that. They needed to drag themselves through the dirt to, to come back from that. And they're both doing pretty well now. You know, my son's about to um, uh, graduate from uni with his first degree and he's going on to a second one next year. Um, Where did you get that from? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anyone that's a performer. What are you, in this what are you up to? Eighty-five degrees now, or something? What have you got? Where oh, are you at now? degrees. Oh, I've got seventy. Uh, uh, this is my sixth, I think. And I was going to do one straight oh, the, after. Yeah, that's right. And his thing is in music, so you, yeah, yeah, he's a, yeah, the performer as well. <laughs> yeah, God love him. Um, whereas my daughter is shy and retiring would no more talk to a microphone or anything like that or fly in there. I actually had her do a YouTube clip with me the other day doing makeup because she, she actually did my face as as a joker for Halloween. Nice. And um, she had to make sure that the camera actually cut off her, her head. She didn't want to be in camera shot. She, she was happy to do it, mm. but she wasn't there to perform. She goes, just let me do what I need to do. And you do all the talking mum and just I was like, okay, I can do that. That's, that's what I do. Mm. Um, but that. So, so he looks like Steve and yep. and acts like you, yep. and she looks like you and, and acts like, like Steve. Steve. <laughs> yep. Exactly, exactly. And it's so frustrating because because my son and I. Sorry, guys, I, I, I don't use my children's name on no, here, we're not so going I hope to. you don't mind. Um, my son uh, has that. I don't care. I'll go out there and do it. What's the worst that can happen? You'll mm. fail. You know. And he and he doesn't care. He's like me. Just put yourself out there. People love you or they hate you. You're mm. not going to change it. Mm. Whereas my daughter fears that failure, and so she won't try. And Steve was the same. Mm. It's like no, because if I don't do this perfect the first time, I'm going to get embarrassed by it. But whereas I'm like. Who cares? Just get yeah. out there and do it. Just, just do it. Yeah, and and even growing up, there was a certain amount of bravado that he had. That you know, it was he all was. Facade. Well, mm-hmm. I always tell the story. I talk about it all the time, and I've said this to you numerous of times. I sat next to him for you know two years in maths, and I I studiously wrote down every word and everything that the teacher said. And I think Steve was lucky to have seven pages of notes for an entire year, and I worked my ass off to get like. I don't know, maybe an 80, he did nothing and got a 77. Mm-hmm. Just nothing yep. and Natural got a 77. And, yep. But it was like, you know, it, he, he, he was this guy that, you know, oh, that's, he's the guy that shaves his head or he's the guy that dies at blue or he's the, you know, and there was all this other stuff that he put out there, but there was this incredibly intelligent, mm-hmm. intelligent young man who just needed someone to go, mate. You can do this. Come yeah. on. And I tried. Yeah. I, I mean, I got him to a pretty good place. Actually, it, it was only about two weeks before he took his life that um, we were standing in my bedroom. We had separate bedrooms because he's a snorer and I'm a light sleeper, um, which is why I get so much stuff done because mm. I don't, don't sleep. Um, and we were standing in my room and, and he said to me, babe, we've made it. We've got more cash coming in than, than is going out. And we did. 
don't now, you know, that this is what I keep saying to people. He may have died, but the bills didn't. Hmm. They've got exactly the same bills. And, and there's no life insurance payout for suicide. No, there's all no... that, all that fun stuff. So hmm. um, there's, but it's just so weird that th- this is one person saying that we've made it and it's easy street from now on hmm. to two weeks later. Hmm. And he's dead. And that's a hard thing too. I look at photos and go, oh, that's two months before he died. Like, what am I missing? Hmm. I look at every photo and I think, what have I missed? When we reshuffled all of these books in this room, I flicked through the pages. Just in case. found 110 bucks. But I, I hide cash in books. I used to okay. do that a lot because that's a different story. That's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> but I, I flick through things every time I find like a, a folded note in a suitcase or something. I'm looking for an answer. I mean, he left a suicide note, and it was a love letter to the yep. three of us, and that was read it. that one, yeah. Yep. Um, but but that's it. It didn't say why, and it never gave me the answers I needed. Are you any, is, are you any closer to having something that makes sense to you in that? No, you don't. You've never gone kind of settled on. Yeah, okay, I think it was this, or I think it was that. Well, or, I think it was me. The night before, he changed his profile picture to him and the kids. Mm. We'd had a fight that night. Mm. But it was nothing. We've had a hundred fights worse than that. I've, I set his Xbox on fire one time. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> love your Xbox or love me. <laughs> so, it's okay. Got another one for Christmas. It's all good. It was an easy way to upgrade. You know, um, uh, of course I'm joking. But, um, I mean, we've had some... Horrific fights, and everyone yeah. does. And there's been times he, he, he slept on, on the lounge. There's times I've slept on the lounge. Um, and the fight that we had had that week was about cash. And it was also that we had both gone away on business trips to the same place and got to book the same hotel. And I wanted to have a breakfast date with him, mm. and he bought a co worker. And I was angry about that. It's like we get no time, we never go on dates, we never have time away from the kids. This was our one moment to have this one on one. And I turned up. I didn't get dressed up. It was breakfast. I was in yoga pants and a top. I was a lot thicker than I am now. And he bought this gorgeous, heavily made up, beautiful, tall, thin girl with, um, you know, in a business suit and heels. And I'm like... Mm. I feel um, like a piece of shit. Yeah. So, so we had a big fight about that. And that was sort of our last time we spoke. Mm. And so... And he changed his Facebook picture to him and the kids. Mm. And that's the picture that now remains on his Facebook. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's odd because he crops up in my you know memories. yearly memory stuff when he's commented on things or he said things, and still to this day the instant reaction is to go, you know, com- re-comment on that, reply on that, share that. Hey, mate, remember this? Um, and it ha- you know, you know this better than I do. You've experienced this every moment of your life, I'm sure. But it's that millisecond where he's not dead. I'm 80% believing he's dead. That's how, that's how much of a gap I have in truly accepting it. Right. 20% of me doesn't believe. This is all just like a simulation. This is all a conspiracy theory. He's just going to turn up. 20% of me. Yeah. And, and the reason I sort of chuckle a little bit at that is because I know you saw his body. I know you held his hand. I know you know physically you saw that thing there. 
But yeah, is that grief? Is that a coping mechanism? I think it's is coping. That, yeah, 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 absolutely. I think um, I just speak because he did travel a lot. Like mm. he was away probably two weeks a month, basically mm. a mm. lot. He travelled a lot, and um, so my brain is just yeah. He's coming home soon. He's coming home soon. He's coming home soon. The phone rings at him, or yeah, the car yeah. pulls in. It's the like oh, I fed out some juicy goss today that he would love. Yeah, and it's like. For months afterwards, I would ring his work phone um, and listen to his voice message. Right. So I did that for months. And then one time I rung and it actually rung. And they answered. Yeah, someone answered. I said, oh, sorry, wrong number. And so I knew then because um, I don't know what was happening, but his phone was turned off for a while. Yeah. And obviously they finally gave it to someone else. But for months I could yeah. ring it and I would all the time. Yeah. I wouldn't say anything, you know. No. But no. I just listened to I just it. You don't want to think you're crazy or anything like that. Although, I mean, I, I yeah, mean, but I get they, just the comfort of hearing that voice. And you have to remember, they were the last people to see him alive. Yeah, 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 yep. I, I remember you saying that at the time. So you know, and um, I'm friends with some of them still. Um, especially the last person that actually spoke to him, and yeah. she spilled his water all the way down the front of his shirt. And she goes, "I wish I told him to come back inside and wipe that down, or I'll get yeah. you another one, or let's go for a coffee." She goes, "But no one knows." He said, "I'll be back in an hour," and walked out. Mm. And then we have a timeline here and I've gone through it second by second and I go through, um, was he alive when we arrived home? Because it took me an hour to realise he was here as well. Um, it, that that took a bit because um, I was trying to call him and, and he wasn't answering I, and I rung his work, which I've never done because I've, I've tried to call him other times and he hasn't answered or he picks up and goes, I'll call you back and that's it. You mm. know, it's like, yeah, that's fine. But... um. Because we'd had a fight, I said to Trent, can you ring Dad? And, oh, what do I have to and all of that? And as I went into Steve's room, I spotted his wallet on the on the bed. Mm. And I come flying out to, have to the key hooks, and his keys were there. And that's when my brain went. Mm. I expected, which is stupid because his keys were here. I thought maybe he was in his car. Mm. Um, but he wasn't. He was beside it. But um, it's so weird. That's where I went. And I didn't expect it, it to be there, but my brain's like, oh, my God. Straight to suicide, straight yeah. to dead. Well, I, yes, it's weird. No, it's not weird, considering the first part of our conversation. Death is so much a part of your mm-hmm. world. I'm it's an not, expert on hangings. Yeah, I know. And I say this to people all the time, and your bloody business card had a noose on it. Yep, yeah. still does. <laughs> you haven't changed it? No. Oh. I haven't really done much since then. Well, no, fair enough. That's, well, except for 50,000 million podcasts. Yeah, yeah. and a museum. And yeah. <laughs> You've done a few <laughs> done a couple bits. of things. Done a couple of bits and pieces. Um, but interestingly enough, and I, I have this conversation a lot with people when we talk about how you go, mate, and how it started, and, and I, the number 222 is significant for me because that was the time of his last Facebook post. Yep, and, and um, I found him at 3.33. Yeah, and so... And I and I know that you said you got home around about three o'clock that afternoon. Yeah, some, sometime between two twenty-two and three o'clock. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. we went to get my daughter early from school because she had a broken leg, and we wanted yeah. to get home early before all the kids come out as the last day of term. Mm. So, and in my head, when I think about it, I I can't decide whether or not <sighs> there's a part of me that says all he needed to do was hang on for forty minutes. Mm-hmm. That's all he needed to do. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that long. And then there's a part of me that says, maybe he just went, shit, she'll be home soon. I better get this done before she gets here. Mm-hmm. It, because it was so weird because my son was home until like after that time. He was late because 
we had two cars and my son had just got his peas and so Steve would drive me to work and then my son would pick me up from work. Mm. And um, he'd come to get me and he was supposed to be there at 20 past two and he didn't get me until about quarter to three. Then we went and, and got my daughter and went, went home. So, yeah, it's right around those times. Um, but Steve never come up on my Facebook. Oh, I have him tagged as a C first and same with my yeah. mum and my mum gets cranky because I don't see her, her posts either. But that Facebook algorithm doesn't work. I see people's cats and stuff. And, yes, mm. I love cats and pets. I'm on my Facebook I a get, lot. I get a lot of monsters who and murder. Do you? Oh, hell of a lot. I don't get any. Hell of a lot. I don't I, get any. I'd almost That's guarantee I'll open it now. And it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I'll, I almost guarantee you I'll open it now and there will be something about somebody who's killed somebody and it'll be your group. I will okay. guarantee you it'll be in the top five to ten posts. Yeah, see, I don't um, see it at all. I actually have to go into it and find them. So it's yeah, but but, but yeah, I, I, look, it came up for me in that afternoon. Yeah, um, and I I think I've said this to you before. Um, I had my daughter home at the time who just had brain surgery. Yeah, we had some visitors, and I saw it, and I thought, oh, that's a bit of a concern. I wonder what's mm-hmm. going on there. My first thought was that you two had broken up, which you know, again, going back now, that would be. Best case scenario. Yeah, exactly. And Um, there is so many other scenarios and and that's a weird thing is that um, there's a hatred for people who kill their family and then take their lives. When I saw Steve, when I opened the garage door, I wish he had taken my life. hmm. I literally wanted to get the other end of the thing he used and string myself up beside him. Hmm. That was my first gut instinct is... Hmm. I'm dead. Mm. You know, I'm looking at him. Mm. I'm dead too. I can't. There's no way I can get beyond that point. And, and that's what I say. You live through your worst, worst day that's of your life. That's literally the and worst And it's moment. like literally I wished he had taken me with him. Mm. Take me and the kids with you, mate. Just you can't leave us like this. And sometimes I wish that and, – and please don't take this because I don't. But there, there has been times that I wish we did die that day mm. because – we're surviving in a living hell mm. a lot of the time. And, yeah, it's getting better. And, you know, I can laugh and joke. And and um, my son said a very bad taste joke the other day during a game of what things do you find in the garage? And his response was my dad. And, it's yeah, it's horrifying. And everyone looked at each other like, do we smile? Do we laugh? Is this bad taste? Is this? And it's like, oh, come so on, come sorry. on. We're all going to hell anyway. You're, so, But – Steve would have made that joke. Oh, Steve would have one hundred. That was his joke. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. He he would have made that even, joke. Even if he didn't, even just yep. to piss someone off about it. Yep, absolutely. One hundred. And and that's why it worked. You know, but but we, we can see the light, but there is so much more dark, and this is not something I would wish on my worst enemy. I really wouldn't. No. This is this is a tough. Tough thing to live with. It's I, I've said to people, and touching, circling back to what you were saying before, I've been there's, there's a, probably three significant funerals in the last few years for me. I've had a couple others, but one was my grandmother. She was ninety two. Mm-hmm. She had dementia, very advanced dementia, and kidney cancer. Yeah, right. It, people go, I'm really sorry to hear about that. You go, yeah. she's ninety two. Ninety two, mate. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, there was, of course. Jason, that we went to school with, who died of cancer. He was about the same age as Steve. He was 42 at the time as well. Um, and that's a tough funeral because 
you know, it shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you go, it's cancer. Yeah. Like I get it. People get cancer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different. It's, it's a yeah. different funeral, and it's a different. The suicide one is, and and you know, from my perspective of it is, it shouldn't be like this. There is no. Re- it shouldn't. We should not be sitting here today. No. And this shouldn't have happened, and we should have been able to stop this. And this shouldn't. We should not be doing this. Mm-hmm. And I, I suspect, and I'm, again, it's five cent psychology, you know, for what it's worth. But it's that would be the dominant thought. I shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. This shouldn't be my life. Yeah, you know? I always believe that a funeral should be a celebration of life. Like I've always told my kids, when I die. 100%. That's what you call my funeral, it's a celebration of life. Yeah, I want wear Hawaiian shirts of mine. Yeah, yeah. Steve's, I said, no, I want everyone in black. Mm. I want a somber. I want it, you know, I said, no one's allowed to touch the coffin. No one's allowed to, you know, do this. No one can do mm. this. Just basically I planned my own funeral because that's how I was feeling. Um, it was, it was, I don't remember much of the funeral and I do have it on, I, I, I had my sister-in-law, um, actually film it so I could see it again I mm. haven't watched it mm. but I flicked through some of the photos the other day because someone goes oh yeah I, w- I was at the funeral I went oh really and so I brought up the start of the photos and I went no I can't I can't even I can't even look at them I can't just instantly I just broke down I just mm. couldn't do it it's just um, <sighs> there, there, there's no word for uh, it's not pain it's, it's beyond pain it's whatever is is that next step. Like it's 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 one foot in hell, you mm. know. And I don't believe in God or anything like that. Um, but it is just I don't. There's no words for that pain. Mm. Is it is it a super 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 long game? Is it in twenty years time you might be able to look at that photo, those photos? Yeah. Is it because it feels like that's kind of what it is the the version of you that we saw in those few weeks after that you know there's nothing like what what the hell do I do yeah like I remember sitting here in the lounge and just going what do I say like, yeah what can I there's nothing you can say that's going to make this any no. any better no. even even in the smallest way um other than and I'm of the firm belief other than to not forget him you know. Yeah. Like I love that we can sit here and have that conversation about him. Yeah, yeah. And you know. and we're very open and I talk about him and um, the kids and I talk about him and my daughter comes up with some fantastic, fantastic good stories, which is then another pain because she only talks about the good of Steve. And so I'm the mum who has to do the punishment and the, you know, you're being yeah. naughty. No, you're not piercing your nose this week. So I'm the bad person. I'm the bad parent and Steve will forever be the good parent yeah, yeah, yeah. because we have to relive the good and not the bad. And yeah. so that there's a jealousy then that I have. You bastard. You get to be the good guy in all, forever. Forever. Forever he is the good guy. Mm. And I just want to scream at her. He left us. He, he took away everything we had together. You know, our family got broken. I have imaginary conversations with her in my head all the time, right? Where I try and explain her why he did it. And I fucking can't. Like, I can't do it. No. There's, like, there's, there's nothing that I can sit there and say. Because uh, the comfort I found early was by saying he chose a permanent solution yeah. to a temporary problem. Yeah. Because we'd had money problems before. Steve had a very big ish, issue with gambling, and that's what the issue was about the fight. Um, 
and yet we were earning more than them was going out anyway. It wasn't that big of an issue. It was just, you know, I wanted to buy a nice dress, something. I don't know. Mm. It means nothing these days. But it's... Everyone says to me, especially my family, my family were angry. Mm. And they've grieved with me and they've gone through the stages which are total BS. Don't ask me about those stages of grief. They mean nothing. No. Absolutely nothing. The person who wrote that probably lost a dog and it was probably a 15-year-old dog and that were one because anyone who thinks that's the way that grief goes no. hasn't grieved and there is and grief is so different to so many different people and, yeah. and as I said, I didn't understand grief until I had to go through this. Hmm. Um, and now I forget where I was going with this but I can't go to anger. I haven't reached anger because I don't think I can come back. Because I think if I hate him for what he's done, I might hate him. And I can't do that because I love him. And <laughs> he was he was like, it was me and him against the world. And no one got our jokes. And we would sit at family yeah. gatherings, SMSing each other stupid things because we didn't want to talk to anyone else. We'd just be talking to each other and... We ring each other 1,500 times a day. I sometimes click on, on my personal folders at, at work of emails and there's emails from him and mm. it just sort of goes like th- that That 20% hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, no, actually, It's from March 2015, you know, like you just, there's that split second, well, like you're reading. Or the, or the one that's unread. Like you, haven't, you haven't opened Like no. you saw it But you didn't read it Yeah <laughs> you know? oh, um, I had three voice messages from him oh. um, That I hadn't listened to Not that day yeah. um, But the night before Because I, I, I stayed in Adelaide An extra night Because I had an extra show to do mm. And he he come home to Sydney On the Thursday And I come home on, I don't know Whatever it is yep. I, I, I come home a day after Because he died on the Friday yep. And we'd had pizza the night before And um, And Parramatta played the Bulldogs did they? Para I would one. have no idea. Para one. Actually, he went, he went that, that, that brings up a, uh, there's a hint in there, so I'm not quite sure. But yeah, but the, the stages, I just... <sighs> it, I, I've tried anger, um, oh, and in all the reading I've done, I've spent the last three years doing the assist training, doing the mental health first aid training, reading books, reading everything, listening to everything I can on suicide and mental health. Um, I've tried anger. I've tried to be pissed off at him, um, particularly with what he did to the kids. Yeah, more so. One of the things that I, one of the things I said to Alyssa that night was, was, "I promise you, I'll never do this to you." But promised her. But Steve said the same thing when Bo did it. Mm. Steve yeah, said yeah. the same thing. Yeah. That was in the February. Steve was in the June. Yeah, and and I and I I've tried to be angry with him for what he did. Um, particularly when, particularly when, well, I'll use your terminology, mm. your daughter. Um, I see the fact, the Instagram post she puts up around significant mm. dates, and it breaks my heart. Yeah. I, I actually screenshot them and save, and I just read them. And um, she shouldn't be that wise. No, and she should, but she shouldn't be in that much pain either. And she says things that I think. Mm. But, she um, says things that I don't even realise that she. Has a comprehension. I mean, yeah. she's only fourteen, yeah. just for, and yeah. you know, we've been going through this since she was eleven. Yeah, yeah. But I, I look at it and I think where I actually go is I feel really incredibly sad for him because I think to myself, like, what was it? 
Like what, what was so painful? What was so painful that that was your... In, and I think about it in terms of fight or flight response. Yeah. It's pure fight or flight mm-hmm. for me. What was it that that was the flight option? Like, what was it? You know, and, and, and you and I know his history. You know it much better than I do, mm-hmm. but I have a, a sense of it. And when people ask me about it, and, 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 you know, it's not necessarily my business to talk about, but, you know, I talk to people about some of the things that had happened mm-hmm. historically to him. Yeah. And I talk about the fact that, you know, we know that gambling and things like that are, you know, signs. Yeah. We get that. We know those things. We understand all that stuff. Um, and, I, and I also sometimes talk about the fact that, you know, risk-taking behaviours, which was mm-hmm. one of his hallmarks, particularly when he was younger, mm-hmm. um, you know, we wrote that off as, oh, that's just Steve. Yeah, he's you wacky. Know, oh, bloody, bloody band, oh, mm. he's doing again. The day <laughs> I met him, he says, look what I can do and put a staple into his arm. You know, this is the guy. I was like, oh, my God, this is, he's, he's as crazy <laughs> as I am. Yeah. I want that wacky. I, You yeah. know, I was told I was supposed to marry the suit with, you know, the good job and the good career and the good family and yeah. all of this. And I married the punk guy with the nose ring who had yeah. who was on the doll, yeah. um, you know, in a pair of beaten up old docks, which I still have, you know, yeah. like – who who you fall in love with is who you fall in love with. And, and it was never dull. No. There was not a dull day in everything we did. Yeah. It was always crazy. You know, we went on a day early on before, you know, anything was serious. And I went with my sister and, and her date as well. So there was the four of us. And in the middle of Pulp Fiction, Steve stood up and threw his drink at the screen. <laughs> like, like this is what he, he he would do. He was a goofball, and and I know now that this is the um you know, the more you ignore me, the closer I get. You know, so let's quote the Smiths. Um, and this is what he was like. Yeah. That um, if you aren't paying him attention, he would get your attention. But yeah. if you gave him attention. He crawls back again. Yeah, yeah. So it, it it was this balancing act the whole time, and yeah. he, he would just do crazy things just just to get that reaction, and now go away. Yeah. You know, it was like that. You know, we I bought him a birthday cake once, once, and he almost died a thousand deaths of embarrassment. Yeah, he said to me, "Don't ever buy me a cake again." Yeah. I actually have the photo, and he's sort of holding it as if it was on fire and poison. <laughs> he, he what was, do I do with this? Yeah, he was so embarrassed. Yeah. You know, whereas I'm like, you know, let's have a party. My 40th birthday, we had a great big 80s party here, you know. And Barb was very, very pregnant. Uh, they, they came up last week. They came up in the memories last week. Horribly pregnant woman. Just over it at that point yeah, in life. And, and And sadly, it was the last time I saw him alive. Oh, my God. You know, that photo is the, you know, that's the last time. Yeah. Sorry, now I've got you. This is this is literally the first one of these I've called you. You know, that was the last time I saw because you. they all come up in my memories the past week. Yep. Because if, uh, you know, I'm now 47. <laughs> I turned 47 last week. It's just 47. I thought you were only 46. No, honey. I thought you were only two years older. No, 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 no. So maybe that was him. <laughs> yeah, well, he he was born in seventy four. I was born in seventy three. Yeah, okay. so I'm a year older than him. We, I was oh, fifty God. weeks older than him. For two weeks a year, we were the same age, and we had our son during those two weeks. So on his birth certificate, we're both the same age. Right. Not for my daughter, but but for my son, we were. So that's how well we planned it. We're the opposite. For two weeks of the year, we're not the same age. <laughs> <laughs> for, for for literally sixteen days, we're not the same age. I'm I'm, no, I'm a year older. Fifty weeks, and then and then I'm. 
thingy. But um, yeah, and it's that's that's the last time. It's the last time I saw you alive, you know. So. Hey guys, thanks for listening to part. Appreciate that you've kind of sat through this. It's pretty heavy going in parts. Uh, I guess, as always, if this has brought up anything for you, please uh, speak to a professional, speak to a GP, talk to a friend. Please don't uh, hold this inside. Um, you know, use the lifelines. Use the helplines, I should say, um, Lifeline and Beyond Blue and all of those. You can get online now and you can uh, do this online. But please just um, please reach out. Yeah. I would also love to hear what you think about this chat in the comments. Um, it's a, as I said, it's a really important one to us. So we're, we're really um, so happy. And it sounds like an odd thing to say, but happy that Amanda did this uh, with me. So, and I guess finally, thank you for listening. Next week, uh, we're going to do, well, next fortnight, we're going to do part two uh, of this chat where Amanda talks a, a little bit more about how she's managed her grief and, and her mental health and well-being in, uh, the, in, in the time since Steve's death. And I, and I also asked the question, and this is a really important one, I also ask her the question if someone's sitting there and they're thinking about taking their life they are seriously considering suicide um, what would you say to them and it's incredibly powerful so i'd love for you to, to sit and listen through that but um yeah thank you for listening jump on like the facebook page again if you see something you think is um beneficial there let us know if you see something you think someone might benefit from let show them and if you've uh, listened to some of our other podcasts and again, you think somebody you might know might benefit from listening to those podcasts, please get them to listen to them. It's um it's so important to us. But uh, I look forward to next week, episode 50, uh, Amanda's, the second part of my chat with Amanda about the worst day of her life. And um, and the, the foundations of who we are and, our, and, and what we're doing as a, as a, as an organisation. <laughs> For, for lack of a better term. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll, we'll talk to you next time.